This is an AMI podcast. Nothing I accept about myself can be used against me to diminish me. Welcome to AMI Audiobook Review, where we talk all things audiobooks on this weekly podcast. And we're starting with a very strong quote. That's the way that I describe it by Audre Lorde. And it comes from Sister Outsider, Essays and Speeches, which is a collection by Audre Lorde. And I mean, this quote, along with all the other quotes that we're going to be featuring at the start of the show uh, throughout March, I believe are going to be Quotes by women for women. Um, that's the way that that I'm I'm thinking about it and processing it because, of course, International Women's Day falls on March 8th, and to highlight and to recognize women in literature, thought that this would be a great way to start it off. But that is only the kickoff because we're going to be talking about a lot of incredible literature uh, written by women and for women or just, you know, covering a lot of concepts that women are interested in reading about. So that's uh, a lot to come. I love that. Yes, me too. I'm very excited about it. I'm seeing in a lot of different contexts, just great conversations, not just in the audiobook world, but great conversations surrounding uh, women in empowerment and women recognition celebration uh, throughout March, Nizreen, and I'm sure you have too, just in and around the community. And I think that mm-hmm. we must go strong with it. Yeah, absolutely. I'm so excited to go through it. For sure. So before we get into a lot of these um, in-depth conversations and details and recommendations, let's go to the SELA Library homepage where we want to check out the featured titles at the very top. So celalibrary.ca is where you go. And the three titles are The Red Palace by June Her, Historical Mysteries, and Unprotected by Billy Porter, Actor's Biography. This one we highlighted last week and got some incredible reactions, candid reactions from our pause or play section. The Midnight Hour by Ellie Griffiths. And this one is a suspense and thriller. So if you're going down the sequence, you know that we'll be talking more about this one today. But Nizreen, as usual, we'd love to know what's trending in the audiobook world. Yeah, so I don't know about you, Remia, but I'm so over the cold. I couldn't be more ready for spring right now. And with (laughs) spring comes a fresh wave of exciting new audiobooks. From new works by literary juggernauts to fresh debuts, Hollywood memoirs to sweet-as-can-be romances, 2022 is certainly shaping up to be one for the books, and we're really excited. Audiobooks.com rounded up 25 of the most anticipated audiobooks coming out in spring 2022. So I think you guys deserve a sneak peek of this list because we're getting excited for spring, so why not? So starting off with The Violin Conspiracy by Brendan Slocum. Atlas of the Heart, Mapping Meaningful uh, Connection and the Language of Human Experience by Breen Brown. The Paris Apartment by Lucy Follet. The Atlas Six by Olive Blake. Groundskeeping by Lee Cole. The Invisible Kingdom, Reimagining Chronic Illness by Megan O'Kirk. Uh, this one is, seems really interesting. 
I might take a look at it more. And the last one I'll mention is comedy, 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 drama, a memoir by Bob Odenkirk. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> Three comedies, by the way. That, that was and, drama. <laughs> <laughs> and drama. And <laughs> drama. So that that sounds fun. That sounds like a fun title. That's uh, That's one of those books that, you know, one title is all you need to actually read the book. You know, all you need to do is just listen to the title and you're already set. Like I said, a lot of exciting books for spring. And I just can't wait for spring. But anyways, yeah. Let's let's stick to audiobooks. <laughs> but still, but still, we can talk about spring and audiobooks. I wonder how the first thought is I wonder how people decide when they're going to release, you know, publishers, um, branding, you know, mm. marketing and communications. I wonder how people decide when they're gonna release books. And specifically, maybe the audiobook version of a book, um, because I think it makes much sense to think about that kind of stuff, right? Like, you know, is your book better off read in the winter or the, the you know, does yeah. the seasonal make a difference for you? Um, I'm finding that most definitely we digest things differently depending on the season. And not to say that you can't read all year long, but when you read certain things in uh, – certain times of your life and that could be just significantly seasonal Mm -hmm. it it lives in you differently right so for example I just finished uh To Kill a Mockingbird and yes this is the first time I've read To Kill a Mockingbird I did not read it through my schooling years yeah seriously and it was incredible obviously um most of you who read it know that but i paid attention so much to just the landscape, uh, the talk of nature, the descriptions of the surroundings, the outdoors, the the kids and, and what they were doing, the, the playfulness uh, parts of the book really stood out to me because we're going into spring, as you said, Nisreen, and I'm mm. feeling that vibe, right? Like the let's start walking outside more and let's uh, see hopefully the the flowers blooming or at least the the grass coming out again you know that kind of thing yeah uh, the leaves coming back on trees so you definitely recognize that stuff and I think that you know on some very psychological level it makes sense to think about that when you're releasing a book it no it does and I I'm I'm just questioning the same thing as you is it busier in the summertime or is it busier sure. Uh, for listeners in the winter time, because I'm thinking for the winter, I might read more romance books because they're more cozier. You know, mm-hmm. you're just snuggling up and listening to a book. I just feel like that's more yep. of the mood that you're setting. I think it just depends on the mood, the environment, the and I think I think seasons matter a lot. So totally, that's an interesting point to bring up. It does with music. If you're releasing yeah. a, a, a title song, a title track or something on the radio, you know oh, exactly yes. when you need people to be listening to it. Absolutely. Thanks for sticking around. We have lots of great conversation and recommendations for you to come. Let's start with a pause or play. We're going to be checking out one of the books mentioned on the CELA Library's homepage under the Featured Titles category. And this one is the last one to discuss for this batch. It's The Midnight Hour by Ellie Griffiths, and this is a suspense and thrillers. The Brighton police force is on the hunt for another killer, but this time they have some competition. A newly formed all-women's 
private eye formed, led by no other than the police chief's wife. Newly minted PI Emma Holmes and her partner Sam Collins are just settling into their business when they're chosen for a high-profile case. Retired Music Hall star Verity Malone hires them to find out who poisoned her husband, a theater impresario. Verity herself has been accused of the crime. The only hitch, the Brighton police are already on the case, putting Emma in direct competition with her husband, Police Superintendent Edgar Stevens. All right, I'll pause it there. Not pauses and pause on the book, but pause on the synopsis and go around the table to find out everyone's impressions, starting with you, Nazreen. Pause or play? Uh, no, I'll pause. I like mystery books, but when it comes to thrillers, that just crosses a line for me that I don't want to cross. <laughs> Did you feel the thriller in the synopsis already? Like, could yes. you feel yourself saying I got no? the chills. Yeah. And I said no from the very first sentence. I'm like, uh-uh. I'm already I'm All already right. thinking it. Pause. <laughs> <laughs> she, she knows what she wants. Okay. Moving over to Teresa. Pause or play on The Midnight Hour by Ellie Griffiths. Definitely play for me. This is right up my alley. I like crossing those lines. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I, I love mysteries. I love thrillers. So I think that this would be right up my alley. Okay. Have you read anything by Ellie Griffiths before? No, actually I haven't. No. Okay. Uh, but she, well, there... she has a whole other series actually, Ruth Galloway, which I know is quite popular with our That patrons. is popular. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. And finally, over to Karen. Pause or play on the midnight hour. I think I'd push play, but I think this is a beach read for me so that if it gets really scary, I can throw it in the lake. So. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, See, maybe I, I'll consider I think that. a beach read is a completely different <laughs> concept. Yes? Nizri? <laughs> yeah. Maybe I'll consider that. That's a, that's a good idea. <laughs> Toss it in the lake concept got it wow okay um for me i'm gonna say pause i'm just not into mystery and thriller and all suspense i guess is uh that part of it right now in audiobook form i'm into it on netflix form because i'm watching invented at inventing anna so there you go i got my fill but lovely to catch up with you guys again karen and Teresa, because we're going to be getting into some sila talk and some recommendations Teresa power is the content and access librarian and karen mckay is the communications manager at sila so karen can we start with some sila news and some canada reads news yeah, so the big thing happening this month is Canada Reads. It starts on March the 28th and runs through to the 31st. It happens on CBC. You can catch it on CBC Radio 1 or CBC Listen, the CBC TV. They have it on all the platforms. And for those folks who don't know what it is, it's basically a battle of the books with five different books. And there's five different champions of those books who um, discuss and debate whether this is the one book that all of Canada should read to connect us. So there's some fantastic books on the list. We've got uh, Five Little Indians by Michelle Good, Scarborough by Catherine, or Catherine Hen Hernandez, rather. Uh, what Strange Paradise, Life in the City of Dirty Water, Washington Black, really well-known books. And I'm, I can't wait for the debates. I think they're gonna be fantastic. 
That is awesome. Yes, I know we discussed and or read some of these um, ourselves. Very viable candidates and so great um, that we can keep highlighting them here. Looking forward to the debate and just um, people's general, you know, conversations around the books. Yeah, me too. There's usually some really fantastic ones that happen on social media sort of after the debates or during the debates. So um, if you're a if you're a big candidate fan, it's a great time to be a reader. Mm-hmm. For real. Okay, so moving on, because I know it, it kind of feels like we're rushing, but I really want to get to these recommendations. You both have some uh, super cool picks for us. And it's because International Women's Day has, of course, inspired us to start recommending and talking about uh, literature and women in, in whatever context you may want to think of that in. So, Teresa, can we start with one of your recommendations, Tufa, the woman who inspired an African hashtag Me Too movement? Absolutely. So, Tufa is a powerful memoir, and I feel like people use the word powerful a lot, but um, I can't stress enough just really how amazing this memoir is. It's about um, a young woman who was uh, raped at the age of 19, and she was actually assaulted by the president of Gambia. And the story is just really incredible. She went into a pageant, a national pageant, and it was meant to commemorate the coup that actually gave this president his power. And she won this pageant, but she learned, um, you know, as the days went by that she was actually being groomed by him. And eventually this president, his name is Jana, he asked her to marry him and she refused. And after that, he assaulted her. And afraid for her life and, you know, her family's safety, obviously, she traveled across the border into Senegal. And then through a network of allies, new friends, new allies, she was able to come to Canada. And she attempted to start over here. And in Canada, she sought therapy for her assault, but she also very bravely spoke out about what happened to her. And she spoke the name of her assailant, even though it put her and her family in a great deal of danger, not just naming him, but also attaching her name to him and to what wow. happened to her. And, you know, I, I can't, again, I can't really overstate what an impact this had and, oh, you know, what her revelations had, you know, through her voice, many other women in West Africa spoke about this. I believe two other women also came forward about similar types of um, assault by Gemma. And as it turns out, he lost the presidential election in 2016. He's currently um, exiled. And she wrote this book while in Canada, working in a call center in Toronto to make ends meet. And it just really blows my mind to understand really what it truly means to persevere after something so terrible um, has mm. happened. There's been so many positive reviews about this book. Um, you know, I could point people towards the Toronto Star, Publishers Weekly, 
And Kirkus is also another place where, you know, uh, people can read reviews. And they said that the author's voice is frank and conversational, and she peppers her harrowing story with moments of humor and humanity that make the book an inspirational page turner. And I was like, wow, okay, this is a book that I don't think anyone should really miss. Wow. I mean, I'm thinking of the realism um, in this memoir and and the kind of things that she's had to really come to terms with putting on paper to mm-hmm. be able to then put out into the world. And, and that in itself is persevering, am I right? Like, it's mm-hmm. just, wow, I'm getting oh, chills, yeah, honestly. Sure. I know. And yeah. she actually went back to Gambia and she testified publicly about this as well. So, mm. you know, just just truly amazing, yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Okay. Well, let's keep moving to the next recommendation. Thanks, Teresa. Karen, tell us about Can You Hear Me Now? How I Found My Voice and Learned to Live with Passion and Purpose by uh, Selena Caesar Chavons. Okay. So this is one of these Canadians that I feel like we should all know more about. She was a successful young Black entrepreneur and she decided to get into politics. She actually became the first Black person to represent the federal riding of Whitby in Ontario in 2015. And she got into politics because she wanted to make a a bigger difference in the world. And she arrived with all the sort of enthusiasm you might expect. But she unfortunately quickly came to understand that Ottawa and its traditional power structures really weren't designed for someone like her. So despite having so much to offer her party and her constituents, she was really tokenized in her role. Um, She was sent to, you know, open museums honoring Black people and to go to a meeting with Obama, but she had no other meetings. So she she didn't really get to do the things that she had wanted to do um, as a politician. And so she says in her book that that really made her feel quite broken and quite defeated and she ended up having quite the showdown actually with Justin Trudeau and she left the Liberal Party to sit as an independent and she goes on in the book to talk about the fallout from that decision from uh, not only personally but from the Black community who were um, I think disappointed that she'd had a seat at this table with power and she walked away from it. So let me tell you I, I watched a couple of media interviews with her and she is fierce holy smokes She's Mm. incredibly smart and insightful and she's articulate, uh, but she is not taking nonsense from anyone. So uh, she addresses racism and sexism and microaggressions really like head on. She's just not suffering fools, but she does it not for her benefit, but because she's really passionate about creating um, a, a place of change to bring more equality and awareness to these issues. So her book is a, it's a memoir. It's not sort of a traditional leadership memoir. She talks really honestly about how screwing up badly uh, becomes one of the most powerful lessons in how to conduct a life um, that she Mm. wants to lead and really how those experiences help her come from a place of power to speak up to the things that need to be said. So I, I really think this is a, it's an incredibly honest book. It's incredibly insightful book. It's very empowering. She comes from um, not a great childhood. She she overcomes abuse and molestation. She you know she becomes this successful business person, this successful politician. But she shares with us through this book like the incredible lessons that she's learned, and it's one of those stories that I think is going to be footnoted in history, and it shouldn't be. Like we should all be 
knowing more about struggles for, yeah. for women, black women in politics, because we need more diverse voices, I think. So it's a, it's a fantastic read. It was actually nominated for the Shaughnessy Cohen political prize last year. Um, and so, you know, it's well-written, but it's, I think it's an important book. Yeah. And there's something about reading something written so assertively, right? Like you said, when you, when you hear her speak it, she's just so fierce. And I think yeah. that um, hearing people speak that way, seeing things written that way, it just locks in something else um, inside of you than, you know, hearing it in poetic ways. And I think that, like you said, there are a lot of times that this kind of writing and speaking and the issues that are being brought up need to be front and center. Absolutely. Um, So yeah, let's start with the book. That's incredible. Thank you. And Teresa, moving on to the next recommendation, let's talk about Midlife Bites. Anyone else falling apart or is it just me by Jen Mann? Yeah, so this book is um, a bit lighter than the first two books that we talked about. Uh, I think maybe deceptively lighter, I would say. Um, you might know Jen Mann. Um, she has a New York Times bestselling book, People I Want to Punch in the Throat, which makes me laugh every time I say it. <laughs> Um, she also has an award-winning podcast moms don't have time to read books oh wow and so yeah so in uh midlife bites jen man is 47 she's finding herself to be really dissatisfied with life and she doesn't really find much insight from the people around her so she created an online community called midlife bites And the short stories in this book are really inspired by the conversations had within this community by its members, you know, who are also feeling similar, similar things to her. I don't want to say just midlife blues, but, you know, in that same dissatisfied position. So this book, I think for me, why it calls to me so much is because it, it sounds like it's funny and incredibly approachable. But I also think it's one of those books that's likely to throw up profound moments as well within that humor. Um, Profound moments about aging, especially aging as a woman. And she talks about things that, you know, I'm personally really interested in that I've been talking about a lot lately myself. You know, making friends as you get older, um, health mm. issues, being self-confident, especially is like a big one as well. Yeah, so this book is definitely on my holds list. And I, I really can't wait to laugh and to cry and to have my own perhaps midlife crisis as well. Um, right. But also just to, <laughs> but also to feel like the, the, the voices of other women who are going through the same thing, I think is um, it's really incredible to kind of see your struggles and other people as well and yeah. see how other people are kind of coping with it and, you know, how, yeah, how, how they're, getting better or getting through it, I suppose. Maybe not getting so better, necessary. getting through it. Yeah, absolutely. Well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and and the getting par- better part of it is getting to know other people who are going through it because that relatability absolutely. is so huge, um, yeah. especially with all the stigma 
attached to women getting older. It's just, I mean, it's endless. We can talk about it for hours and um, for yeah. sure that self-confidence is, you know, mm-hmm. weaning and we need to hear these perspectives. Mm-hmm. Um, Karen, can we squeeze in this last one super, super quick over over the boards, Lessons from the Ice by Haley Wickenheiser? Sure. So Haley Wickenheiser is um, a Canadian women's hockey player. She's actually got four Olympic gold medals to her name. She's been named to the Order of Canada. She's also a medical doctor and she's currently working with the Toronto Maple Leafs. So this book really sort of touches on um, all, all the lessons that she learned at on the ice, that's the subtitle of the book, how she's translated those lessons to help her achieve all the goals that she's had in her life. She doesn't sugarcoat stuff. She's had struggles with injuries, um, knee injuries and a concussion. She also talks about the challenges of being a woman in a male dominated sport and how how there was always a struggle to garner equal recognition and equal pay. She talks about all the work that she's doing to try and create a foundation for women to succeed in the sport. She's a motivational speaker, so we get a bit of that in the book. There's lots of stuff that we can kind of take away and reflect on in our own life, but I threw this in because she's really inspiring, um, not only just as a, as a hockey player, but as a, a woman and a Canadian in general. My kids mm. have all played hockey. They've all played on co-ed leagues. And I know how important representation has been for my girls to see other women succeeding in this in this venue. And so um, it's a great book. You don't have to be a hockey fan to, to read it. There's takeaways for everybody. Uh, it, I hope folks will feel really inspired and empowered by reading this book. Wow. What a variety, you guys. Thank you so much for bringing these books to us. I I honestly feel like at least personally that uh, we're going into March with such a great list and such great things to think about and just talk about. Appreciate you guys so much. We'll catch up in April and uh, happy audiobook listening and everything else. You too. Thanks so much for having us. Talk soon. Take care. Teresa Power and Karen McCabe from the SELA Library joining us. And that's pretty much at the start of every month. That's it for this week on AMI Audiobook Review. Until next time, happy audiobook listening yourself. This was an AMI podcast. For more accessible media, visit AMI.ca. I'm Margaret Shepard of the AMI podcast, Tripping On Air. Every month, my co-host Alex Hajar and I spill the tea on what it's really like to live with MS. Watch Tripping On Air on YouTube or download wherever you get your pods.